I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. It's been a few weeks since we've had the opportunity to talk just you and I, Amy, because the last couple of episodes, we've had amazing guests here. We had Katie Brower and acupuncturist Danielle LeClaire. So you and I haven't had a chance to catch up. I know. I know. Having the guests on has been wonderful. And then it's also nice to just chat with you. Exactly. We have to start with our our big conversation starter question. Where am I finding you? Body, mind, and heart. So body, I am in Ohio. We thought winter arrived last week. It was super cold and snowy, and then fall came back. So now we're back into fall. It's very weird, um, but very typical Ohio. You never know what the weather's going to be. So we are in the midst of fall in Ohio. That's where my body is. And my heart is very full and open and just in a really loving space right now. And my mind is in the same spot. Like I'm just really loving what is happening around me. And it's nice to have those thoughts in my head. Where do I find you, body, mind, and heart? My body is in San Diego. I'm, I'm here at our San Diego place because one of my dreams was to bring individuals here to go quite deep with customized personal retreats. And so a couple of my students from Vancouver flew here and spent four days with me as I was able to offer them practices that were very customized to them, even including cooking them Ayurvedic food, because Mm. as we've spoken about here, it can be quite aggravating for the Vata Dosha to travel. And, um, you know, this is this is the season where that dosha can be aggravated and a lot of us can feel ungrounded and anxious. So there was a lot of grounding and we're both going to talk about on this episode today, how we've been finding that we've been living our purpose lately. So my heart is full because over the last few weeks, since we've spoken last, most of my time has been spent living in this purpose that I feel very strongly that I'm that I'm in and my mind is also feeling quite busy because I remain here in San Diego with the intention of distraction free productivity <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a lot of studies I have case studies to prepare and present as a part of my yoga therapy course I have a, a lot of writing and projects to complete And so my family agreed that it would be a good idea for me to stay here and just completely focus on completing so much of what I need to do before the end of the year. So I feel really grateful to be here and my mind feels full. And while my heart feels full, my, I also feel just a little bit homesick. 
Yeah, I do feel a little lonely because it's such a foreign concept to have not scheduled anything and have sun up from sun down just out in front of me to complete what I need to complete. But I'm so used to, you know, having distractions and having community around me and being able to um, catch up with my husband and my daughter. And so it, it has been a, a different experience and a little lonelier than I thought it would be. Hmm. Um, it's hard to get used to that, that spaciousness when you are used to being surrounded by people and projects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm going to make the most of it. But today's episode is going to be centered around what we've been doing since we were able to speak one-on-one. And that has been, we've been really offering our work out into the world. So that retreat that I did just a few days ago, that was really the culmination of this few weeks where I have been feeling so grateful to do what I'm doing. And I think where we last left off is I shared that signature workshop that I created, the Warrior to Warrior workshop in Vancouver. And every time I share these techniques that help us to cultivate authentic courage and an inner resource of safety in the face of worry and anxiousness, I feel truly alive in a way that I feel nowhere else, well, virtually nowhere else in my life. And when I did a little reading up on this idea of living your purpose, or the Sanskrit term for purpose is dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A, I read that when we are feeling purposeful about something, and it doesn't have to be a big grandiose thing, but when we feel that we have a reason to get up in the morning and what we're doing is maybe contributing to the greater good, even if it's just one other person, we do tether into this sense of vitality and meaning. In fact, It's interesting that we're talking about this topic today because Forbes magazine just released this awesome article about the power of a purposeful life. And it talks about how we human beings are such meaning makers. So we're always making meaning out of everything, which we know we do, right? We have a story about everything. Mm -hmm. And if possible to make positive meaning out of something helps us, of course, that helps us to feel better. And when we feel better, we do better. But we're also wired to make negative meanings out of things. So we have to be careful. And that's why it's so important to have like a why, you know, um, a greater purpose for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So there was a long time where I didn't feel that. And and I want to share that in this episode. And so that's why I feel so grateful that I have found something that feels like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And also so interesting that it sprouted from some of the worst times in my life. So the reason that I am sharing what can help us befriend and move through anxiety is because of the 15 years that I felt completely altered and fearful in the face of an anxiety disorder. So I was able to teach that workshop. And then what's so interesting, and maybe you'll agree that when we are so enjoying living our dharma, we seem to get more opportunities to do it more often. 
So I was just riding high at the end of that workshop when a local yoga college asked me to come in and teach those techniques to soon to be yoga teachers. Mm. And Amy talk about realizing even a new part of my passion because I can so relate to what it feels like to want to teach something because you've gotten so much beauty from it, but you're also nervous about it because it's, it's definitely a practice of overcoming self consciousness whenever we have to stand up and say something in front of anybody else. So, oh my gosh, it was such a wonderful experience to be able to move them through practices that had them connect with their why and had them connect with um, the quality of feeling grounded in their bodies and the quality of creating an internal sense of safety and letting go of the thoughts of um, what other people think and just really connecting to how they wanted to share yoga from an authentic place. That was such a wonderful experience. And then I'm riding high off of being able to offer that and more clients are calling for help with anxiousness. Specifically, moms are reaching out so that I might work with their teenage, their teenagers. The honor um, of being able to do that, if I had had some of this information at that age, you know, that would have been such a game changer. And then that led me up into the immersive private retreat here in San Diego. So I'm feeling really lucky that not only did I find one of my purposes in life, but that I've been able to pretty much work full time doing it. Hmm. Well, and what I hear you saying also, or what I'm picking up on is how your experience has turned into this beautiful sharing that you're doing, but then also like the ripples it's creating that you're teaching teachers now and what they will be able to offer now moving out into the world. Like that reach is just amazing. Well, and it's all just tools and I can only share with others what I know so far, but yes, I'm, I'm hopeful that there are a couple of tools that can help them to be their own powerful, authentic self and step into who they know that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the other reasons that I wanted to talk about Dharma today is because while I have been living my Dharma, I know that over there in Ohio, you've been doing the same thing since we talked last. Yeah, I've had a similar couple weeks of really being immersed in being able to offer these practices to others. I had a really beautiful weekend of offerings at the studio that I had moments where I just wanted to cry because it was everything I ever wanted and didn't know that could be. I was at the studio and we had a beautiful kirtan practice on a Friday night with this amazing musical group and to watch the community come into the studio and sing and chant together was just it really made me cry how lovely it was. And and then the day after that, I was offered the opportunity to teach a really fun yoga class to my high school reunion, which I would have never thought would be something I would be doing 
30 years later. (laughs) (laughs) I could, as I graduated high school, I I couldn't imagine where I'd be in 30 years. And I certainly had no idea it would be teaching a yoga class to my fellow classmates. And it was so much fun. We had a really awesome eighties playlist and we laughed and we giggled and, and then we were able to move into that night of our class reunion feeling less jittery, less anxious about who we were going to see, how it was going to be. Like it was just such a perfect opening to a reunion. And then the day after that, we had a sound bath at the studio. Share with our listeners what a sound bath is, Amy. So a sound bath can be a little bit different from practitioner to practitioner, but our practitioner that we have that comes to the studio, she uses sacred Tibetan bowls. And so they're the metal bowls that have been hammered by this lovely family that's been doing this for multiple generations in South America. And in the sound bath that we offer, you lay on your yoga mat with whatever props you need to be really supported and really comfortable. And you cover up with blankets and it's quiet. And, and Sandra, who is our practitioner plays the bowls. So she taps them with a mallet or she swirls the mallet around the bowl to make them sing and really lets the energy of the room guide her practice. And I'll tell you what, every month I attend the sound bath, we have it every month on a Sunday evening. And every single time it is the best night of sleep that I have for the month. I Mm -hmm. go to sleep. I have the most restful, deepest sleep. I wake up feeling refreshed. There is such power in that practice. And if you have the opportunity to go to a sound bath around you, I invite you to give it a try. And then the effects are cumulative. So if you go again, for me, that experience just builds on the last one. So each month my sleep is on point after the sound bath. And then the weekend after that, we went on retreat. So we had a retreat to an area of Ohio called the Hawking Hills. And the Hawking Hills are kind of like the foothills to the Appalachian Mountains. And it's full of all these hiking trails and beautiful forests and tons of just really delightful cabins. And so we rented a lodge, a huge lodge. And there were 15 of us on this retreat and we spent the weekend in community and they had yoga practices and meditation practices and they ate food that was lovingly prepared um, from an Ayurvedic standpoint. And then they were given lots of downtime and free space to read and nap and hike if they wanted to. And that same Kirtan group that we had at the studio then drove down and had a private concert for us at the retreat, which was really everyone's favorite part. (laughs) It was (laughs) such a special, intimate group where we could spend the evening together singing and chanting in front of the fireplace. And just another one of those moments that seemed so surreal. And like, how did I get here? And looking at all the 
things that had to line up to get me to that one time where I was in a cabin in the woods with this beautiful community sharing this space. It just, it's, it's very surreal sometimes to think about how did I get here? And then how did all these things line up in such a perfect way? And then looking back, it's like, Oh, but of course it did. Like that's the way it was supposed to happen. And, and just being open to the universe or life or, you know, like you said, as we move into our Dharma, things just begin to happen and Mm -hmm. not really knowing how it happened or why it happened, but how right it feels. It just feels so right when you're in that space of, of doing your Dharma, of living your Dharma, of your purpose. This is your purpose in life. And I agree the past couple of weeks, I have felt like I have been living my Dharma. Like this is what it's supposed to be. And then how right it feels, how easeful it feels sometimes. It can feel very easy sometimes when you're living your dharma. Like you just offered these beautiful opportunities out of nowhere. And it's like, wow, like how, I okay, yes, yes, let, I will do that. And so I agree. I, I have felt very much in the same space of, of being in my dharma, living my dharma. And, you know, I've simply read before that when we decide that we're living our purpose, then it does seem like support appears and the right information appears when we need it and the right teacher appears when we need it. And I was looking back to see how that has played out since I decided that I wanted to share yoga. And this is something that I wanted to do full time. When we moved back to Canada from San Diego I didn't have a community and I didn't quite know where I was going to teach. There weren't very many yoga studios where we first lived. And so I found a space. And again, that just seemed to come to me. My daughter connected with a community of acting right away. So she started acting lessons in that community and her acting teacher just happened to be opening up an arts collective. So a space for artists to come, a space for performances, and then that space wasn't being used at certain times. And I wondered about offering yoga there. Mm. So that worked out and it was a very small, sweet space. I have wonderful memories of that time. And I know some of our listeners were with me there um, in the Okanagan Valley in this small space above the town cinema. So if I had an evening class, I would have to do a lot to remove the smell of popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you can't turn off the world. And then that was, that was so beautiful, because I really was just sharing yoga for the joy of sharing it. I, I was there through an entire summer. And in the summertime in that part of the world, people are just outside because it's cold for another big part of the year. And so sometimes there would just be one or two students that would come to my morning classes, but that honestly did not matter to me. It was just a good day if I was sharing this powerful practice, but you know, wouldn't, you know, as long as you're really doing something from the heart. And I think I probably would have stopped had I been really attached to a certain amount of people coming. If I had made that mean that, you know, I wasn't a success 
I think that when we decide to live our purpose and it doesn't have to be what we're doing full time, but it's an opportunity to redefine success. Now, I think a lot of us have been trained that success means a certain amount of money in the bank or a certain sort of life position. And sometimes success can mean just the joy that you're feeling when you're spending time doing this thing and how that joy feeds into other areas of your life. And if it wasn't for that thing, it wouldn't be there. So I was definitely in that space. However, I think because I was sharing from such a place of joy before long, I had to grow out of that small space. And I asked around and right away, there was a local dance teacher in town who was looking for somebody else to rent out her space in the mornings when there wasn't dance lessons. So it just flowed to me. So now I had this larger space. And then before long, I needed something a little bit larger. And right at that time, somebody connected me with a local chiropractor who had this entire wellness center in town. And he was looking for somebody to start a yoga studio in one of his spaces. And that was very scary for me to take on that challenge. I didn't know if I could do that all on my own. But when I've learned, especially when you feel that you're living your dharma, when something comes, say yes. Mm -hmm. And so that brought me into that beautiful community of Arise Yoga in that community and something that I still miss. It was very powerful. And I learned so much there. I learned so much uh, about becoming a teacher and about being part of a team and about lifting up others as we climb, bringing in other amazing practitioners to share that space. And now, you know, that's the road that you've been going down. Mm -hmm. But all that to say that when I look back, I feel like I've been supported and that is such a stark contrast to the years where I felt like I wasn't tethered to any sort of purpose. I remember before the awakening of yoga, feeling incredibly malcontent in my radio career because what I thought was celebrating my passion of music and being able to share my passion of music with listeners, which it was, came quite corporate where what we were saying was more about sending our listeners to spend money. Like it was more about reading cards about promotions and it was more about the bottom line and commercials. And I totally understand there has to be a balance when it comes to something like a commercial radio station. But I started to realize that that wasn't my purpose. It started to feel a little bit empty just for me. And there was also a lot of other things going on within my body and heart that wasn't really jiving with that industry. And so when I left it, and then especially once my daughter went into more full-time school, I felt quite rudderless, not knowing exactly what my purpose was. And I remember having conversations with different mentors at that time who helped me to realize that our purpose does not have to be this big, grandiose thing. Our purpose in that time can be learning more about ourselves. Our purpose can be taking care of the family, being the heart of the home. Our, our purpose can be what we might define as something smaller, but you never know how your present actions coming from the heart 
are adding to the lives of others. The Radiant Warrior Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by A Radiant Year, our monthly program that sends you a class that we create for you every week, offering therapeutic yoga and Ayurveda skills to support you in practicing real self-care. We design these classes to help you integrate simple and powerful tools into your life to help you move worry and overwhelm and cultivate more contentment and vitality. Enrollment opens next on December 6th for you to join us for a radiant winter. It's your chance to gather tools to feel more vibrant and at peace during the shorter days and cooler weather. We'll begin on winter solstice. Learn and grow with us seasonally or yearly. Head to aradiantyear.com to get on the wait list. I have a similar thought looking back on my nursing career, like you were saying how your calling was in radio and bringing that to people, and then it changed. That resonates with me a lot when I think about my nursing career. I wanted to help people on their health and wellness journey, and my job turned into something very different. It was very technology-based, and there was a lot of checkboxes you had to complete that had nothing to do with patient care, really, but it was more about documentation and regulations and making sure that all the all the boxes were checked. And that took away from the time that I felt like I could really spend with people, actual people. Productivity became a real thing in healthcare. You were really defined by how productive you were in healthcare. And what does that even mean when you're taking care of somebody? You know, patients became numbers and we were really scrutinized for the hours that we worked versus the pro- the productivity, how many patients could we see in how many hours? And that became the defining success or failure of a healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Then that didn't feel good. Like I thought I was doing my dharma. I thought I was doing my calling and it turned into something very metric based, very numbers based instead of people based. And, and when that shift happens, that can be very confusing. Like you think you're doing the thing you're supposed to be doing and now it doesn't feel good anymore. And, but I was doing the thing before and it felt good then. And, and so having that journey through that process and then extricating yourself from that thing that you thought you would be doing forever, being in radio or being in nursing. And then what does it look like? What, how can you turn what you know into something else and make it support you and sustain you and also be able to offer those things out into the world? And for both of us, I feel like that's happening now because of how we feel like energized, like you said, inspired, we feel creative. And I didn't feel like that for a long time in nursing. I thought I was living my Dharma, but now feeling that inspiration and that creativity and being energized and excited to do the things now, those are all clues for me. Oh, okay. This is how I'm feeling now. Then I must be in it and to pay attention to that. How does it feel when I think about going to the studio and unlocking the doors and turning on the lights and lighting the incense and even sweeping the floor and, you know, cleaning the bathroom, like 
I'm excited to be there and I love being there and I jump out of bed now where before I would like oh, roll out of bed and <laughs> you're yeah you're saying exactly what this Forbes article says that just came out they're talking about the amazing health benefits of having a purpose and mm-hmm. actually we talk about this a lot in my yoga therapy course with our teacher and that's something that we're wanting to offer to our clients and our students is a remembrance of some greater meaning of life. And if we don't have that, if our mind is telling us that there isn't meaning, that there isn't purpose in life, then we are going to fall into discontent and into suffering and into situational depression. And this article points to people sometimes when they first retire And they don't have a plan for how they might spend their time and they feel purposeless and they can fall into depression, which then creates fatigue. And so if we can find our why, even if our why, our purpose is, you know, something on the side that isn't fully sustaining us, Mm -hmm. then it is easier for us to get up in the morning. And the health benefits are an increased experience of vitality and immune system function is heightened. Like so many positive things are going on with the systems of our body. So it's actually incredibly important to find our why. And you actually, you experienced this with me. So I had a memory of something that illustrates the power of purpose. Do you remember when I was invited to share the warrior to warrior workshop at the Seattle yoga conference And I invited you to please come and share Abhyanga with our students. And that's the Ayurvedic massage that is just so soothing before they went into their final rest of Shavasana. Mm -hmm. And we went, and do you remember how sick I got? Yes. So huge fever. Every part of my body hurt. My hair hurt. Mm -hmm. But most specifically is I had no voice, like none. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it completely went away and I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to teach this. So I, unfortunately, I, I couldn't go to any of the other classes, which I was looking forward to. I just rested and I visualized myself teaching. I mean, I was really looking forward to teaching and I didn't have a voice. And then as soon as we were in that room and as soon as I started, for the first time in about three days. And I guess you can also say adrenaline plays a role, but I felt wonderful. I felt just wonderful during that entire time. I had aches and pains and a killer headache and a huge sore throat, but I didn't feel any of that. And that was not from medication. That was, I I really believe it, it was because I, I just felt like it was such an important thing to show up for. I just told myself, you know, you're going to step into your dharma here. And right after that, I got sick again, and it came back. (laughs) But for that two and a half hours, I feel like I was fueled by purpose. Mm -hmm. And that was a beautiful class. That was amazing. I think we had like 75 people in that room. Yeah. Yeah, I had to I had to project. I needed my voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you did. And and really I believe that. I believe that stepping into your Dharma created that energy and that healing, even if it was just for those two hours. Mm-hmm. And I have another example, and I don't think that he would mind me sharing, um, because he talks pretty openly 
to anybody about this, but my father, before he had a family, he was a musician and that's how he spent his time. He was the bass player of a pretty popular band in Vancouver. And throughout our entire childhood, we remember our dad talking about those days. Those were the greatest days of his life. Hmm. And he felt and believed that he needed to give that up in order to be a family man, in order to support his family. And looking back, I think we would all agree now that that caused a lot of sadness and suffering in his mind because he stepped away from what gave him joy completely for the belief of needing to do what's right. And I completely admire him for that. And he may have been right. I wonder what it had been like if he would have allowed himself to still play on the side, you know, not feeling like he had to abandon it completely, but you know, that's, that was his choice. However, now that he is retired and at first for the first couple of years of retirement, I know he was happy, but you know, he was spending a lot of time golfing and I, I know that he also felt at loose hands at loose ends. And then the opportunity came for him to reunite with the original members of that band. That was um, a pretty big deal in Vancouver before I was born. And the fire that has been lit in that man and in my mom, because this is what he was doing when they first met, you know, she proudly says that she was his groupie. That's how they met. (laughs) And she fell in love with him because she watched him standing in his purpose on stage. And she met him in that purpose. And so cut 50 years later, and I know that they've gone through many, um, you know, they've gone through real life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that because of unhappiness in how many hours of each day is being spent when you've turned away from your joy. And now that opportunity to reunite with the original band has opened a door for him to be in another local band that is very popular in his town and they are booked all the time. So again, (laughs) yeah, it's like I, it's like I said, he stepped back into his purpose and he was nervous about it. You know, he didn't know if he had the talent anymore. He didn't know how it would go. But as soon as he stepped back into it, as soon as he experienced the joy that he used to feel, first of all, he is a teenager again. Mm. And second of all, doors have just opened for him to spend more time living his dharma. He spends every afternoon practicing the bass. That house is completely filled with music again, as it was in the stories they tell me when I was a baby. Mm. Um, I guess I grew up just listening to little Richard blaring. (laughs) (laughs) So this is to me just an example of the health benefits of finding a purpose. And again, this isn't something that is sustaining him, but this is sustaining his vitality and it's having ripple effects throughout his entire health. I think that my parents are more robust and healthy and active and joyful than they have ever been. And a big part of it is the fact that he's been able to step back into this. Well, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, that is the time to return to projects that we had to set aside when we were building 
careers and families and homes. That return to vitality is just proven again and again where you see people move into retirement and they could go one way where they begin to rest and maybe not feel like they have a purpose anymore and how rapidly that vitality leaves them. But if they could tap into projects or interests or inspirations that maybe they couldn't attend to while they were raising families. You see that, you see that vitality return to them, that youthfulness, that energy. It's like a, it's a whole second act for, for many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm so happy for them. It's so nice for him to have found one of his whys again. Uh, mm. I think it helps all of us if we feel like we're serving a greater purpose with our lives. If we feel like our lives have meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned from an Ayurvedic perspective, how that second act can feel like, you know, a spring awakening mm-hmm. and yoga teaches us that there are these four aims to a really happy and healthy and fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. Now these are in Sanskrit terms, but I just wanted to share them. Um, one of them is Kama, K-A-M-A. And that's really all about having the right to have pleasure and have desires in life that it's not bad to want, you know, to be able to celebrate the fact that we want to have beauty and joy around us. So to know that that's okay. And then Arta, A-R-T-H-A, that's about the right to create prosperity, both in our outer lives and our inner lives. So creating abundance, but also feeling abundant within, you know, with practices like, like gratitude and knowing that what we have is enough. Mm-hmm. Moksha, which is a term many of us may have heard, and this is practices that pursue a sense of freedom. So we feel a little bit more free from some of the limiting thoughts and beliefs that we've carried around. So mm-hmm. yoga and meditation and Ayurveda really helps that. And then the final one is Dharma. The, the final of these four aims that yoga has been teaching about for thousands of years is about our sacred duty or our sacred purpose. And I just can't get over when it comes to you and I, how our sacred purpose has come out of our suffering. Yeah, I I would not have been able to predict that this is what my life would look like today, maybe even five or 10 years ago, for sure. I was in that state of suffering. I feel like something outside of myself grabbed a hold of me and drug me to a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, try this. And how yoga and Ayurveda did ease my suffering, helped heal all the parts of me then became, like you said, the aim and the purpose of the rest of my life. It's like we feel so compelled in order to share. And I know that my best days are days when I get to share what it is that's so important to me about these practices and these concepts that now also include um, a lot of Western psychology and personal development as well, but it all just ties hand in hand. And even though I was still I had that habit of anxiousness and worry when I became a teacher and I had the permission to teach. 
I was still so afraid, but how compelled I was in order to share was just that much stronger. You know, it's like, and it says this in the article too, purpose gives us strength and resilience to do something that we didn't think that we had. Yeah. How that purpose seems to overcome any obstacle that we thought was in our way. Yeah. I was, I've been thinking about that since I've been here. I was thinking that we would talk about this. And then of course, right away, that article comes to me that Mm -hmm. there's this huge study about the power of purpose and how it's, it helps us from a Western perspective to buy into these ancient concepts when our science catches up with it, right? It just, Mm -hmm. it, it does. But again, even as I was thinking about this big concept called Dharma, more information has come to me. And that's my part of my intention for the next few days on my own here is being more open and not missing the signs that come when we allow, when we allow ourselves to be very present with the next teacher that is arising or the next book that is being suggested to us, you know, or the next coincidence. Yeah. That Marie Forleo book that just came out, everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. That's really resonating with me around this as well, because I spent many years saying to myself, oh, I could never do that. I don't know how to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm not equipped to do that. And now when I'm doing the thing, when I'm living my dharma or feeling like I'm in my dharma, I feel like everything is figure outable. Like I might not know how to do it, but I might know somebody who does know how to do it, or I could learn how to do it, or I, it's a new skill. So having that bravery or courage also comes from living your dharma. There is an underlying yes to so many things. Even if you don't see the path, like you begin to take the steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a power in getting clear on your why. And you probably have more than them, more than just one why. But mm-hmm. that might be a great way to end here. Is I, I haven't, I've written down my why several times, but I haven't written it down lately. But for us and our listeners to take a time to say, okay, what is my why, you know, when it comes to my family? What is my why when it comes to my work? Or maybe there is one big overarching why. But to answer my own question, to get us started here, I know that my why in the work I do in the world, and I may not say this perfectly, but is to show people that living with fear and worry doesn't have to be a life sentence to show people that through their very own body and breath, they can empower themselves to step into who they want to be. Mm, That's lovely. I think for me, my why is I feel the desire to share the gifts that yoga and Ayurveda has offered to me in my own personal healing and to offer those out into the world for whoever needs to receive them and to be there for others to support them on their return to their true nature and their return to radiance and their return to vitality. And, you know, whenever I think about my why, I do immediately think of my girls and how My hope is, anyway, by seeing the personal work and the self-inquiry and the self-discovery 
and doing my own personal work. My hope is that that is modeling that I'm not perfect and I acknowledge that, but I'm doing everything that I can to show up the best that I can be for myself and the people that I meet in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's always my, my bigger why. And I do find that what I learn is often very applicable for what my girls might be going through. You know, not that they're at ages where, you know, I'm giving a ton of advice and less asked, of course, that's the only time we should be giving advice if asked. But Mm -hmm. my hope is if I'm just embodying some of what I've learned, that that in itself is an offering to them. Yeah, I, I feel that way. Also, when we were doing that somatic coaching training, and we did that soulful practice, and then we began to journal with our non-dominant hand. I was really surprised at what came up because I always thought I was gathering tools to help my clients, help my patients, help you know heal all those outside of me. And what came up when I was journaling with my non-dominant hand was heal yourself heal yourself, heal yourself, because through healing yourself, that's how you help heal everyone around you. That's how you help to heal your patients and your clients and the world. Like you are saying, modeling that behavior for your girls. And yeah, we can only take others as far as we've gone ourselves. And, and I think you and I are, are constant work in progress ourselves and always looking to improve ourselves so that we can then support others from a stronger foundation. And when I think about our path of personal development and that somatic coaching course where we met and I go back to what has arrived since I decided to step into this purposeful life is one of the students that I first met that attended yoga with me at that dance studio. So the second location that I had turned out to be a very talented psychotherapist who's been on this show, Jodi Cron, who who is the reason that I went to that coaching course because she had taken it previously. And that is where I met you. I know all (laughs) the things that had to line up to get us to where we are today. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, so beautiful and so loving, like lovingly laid out for us. And we can look back and see how everything lined up perfectly. And, and really we didn't plan any of it. Yeah, it's true. All of this has been an idea that's been fueled by purpose. This podcast, our program, a radiant fall, a radiant winter coming up. All of that was an idea and a way that we thought that we could better step into Dharma and serve from that place. But then it's just a co-creation and it does feel easy and it feels joyful. Like this is one of my favorite parts of the week. Mm-hmm. Mine too. All right. So I guess we're ending with um, an encouragement to find your why. And many of you have been joining us over on the private Facebook page for this community. Um, the Radiant Warrior community. And so let's go over there and move the conversation there and share with us, you know, what are, what's your why? 
What's your purpose? What gets you up in the morning? And if you're noticing it's a little bit harder to get up in the morning, that's also okay. But what might add meaning to your life? Where might you find meaning? All right, my friend. Well, lovely to speak with you as always. Have a beautiful, meaningful week. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Yes, you as well. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.